Well, hi there. Thank you so much for clicking on this message today. You're about to hear a message preached at one of our Sunday services by one of our amazing teachers and speakers in the church. We know it's going to bless you today. And so if you want more information, please go to our website at www.collective.org.za and you'll find all the information that you need. We pray that the sermon blesses you today. The first thing I wanted to say is that being a Christian means we are forever progressively or even instantaneously in a situation of change. Being a Christian means we must always welcome change. In fact, change towards being generous in today's focus. We were created to be generous. When we are generous, when we give other people, we improve relationships, we support one another, we improve fellowship, and I must say, it is also good for your health. Being generous is what the church has been created, among others, to be. Being generous is part and parcel or is a product of our faith in Jesus. Being generous makes us to be pure Christians who are thinking and feeling and behaving in a particular way. In the book of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 8, the apostle Paul describes this state, this state of being generous, of being in tune with God and being generous with your resources. And he says it is being cheerful. Each one must give as he decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, but of own accord. So, There is an element of being cheerful. There is an element of being happy. There is an element of being mentally well. There is an element of abundance and a good state of well-being when we are generous. As the collective church, we are generous because we believe the testimony of the Christian church through in scripture, as we will also reflect this morning, but also through history. Recently, there has been a report that is called the State of the Bible Report. It was released in the U.S., uh, a research that was done about Christian giving and uh, the behavior of Christians associated with them giving. It was done in 50 states, Uh, and also in the District of Columbia. Some of the things that they found there was Americans who attend church are at least once, who attend church at least once a month are 45% more likely to give than those who um, do not identify with, with, with Christianity. Americans who attend church are 75% more likely to donate than those who don't attend church. Americans who read their Bible regularly outside church service are 50% 
more likely to donate than those who don't. 87% um, of church attenders made more donations to the church and charity. Um, and then they also say that the frequency of their giving was not necessarily re related to their income. So the constant was that they are Christians, they have a relationship with Christ, and they continue to give. Americans, Christians with lower income in particular, who attended church regularly and read their Bibles frequently, who had a higher percentage or gave their higher percentage of their income anyway. So there's an association that the researchers are saying, coming to church, reading your Bible, reading your Bible even outside church service, has an influence in terms of the given patterns of the church. So that means there is power in the local church to be able to give, to be able to impact the church and charity. Furthermore, while the Christian church has been said to be giving more than the population that is not Christians, they also found that the church is not sufficiently living according to the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. And why is it so? It is because only 2.5, I mean, that, uh, that, that those who are giving only give 2.5% of their income and only 5% of them tithe. So the teachings of Jesus Christ of saying, do not store treasures on earth, but invest in the everlasting, dynamic, abundant, impactful kingdom of God, that there was some limitation in that. In the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 19 to 20, we read about the important Christian principle of seeking first the kingdom of God and that all these other things that we need, be it our clothes, be it our food, school fees, medical aid, black tax, you name it. All these things will be added to us when we seek first the kingdom of God, even in the area of giving. We are generous because as collective church, we believe that we are loved and we in turn love others. You see, you cannot give as a Christian and it is not from a place of love for God and love for others. In the book of John chapter 3 verse 16, we read the very famous scripture, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So this is the best generosity model. This is the best model of giving. God loves, God gives. God loves, God gives. And what do Christians do? They do as God did. They love and they give. We read this in the first 
book of 1 John chapter 3 verse 16 this is this is how we know, what we know what love is Christ laid his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or a sister in need but has no pity in them how can the love of God uh, be in that person? Dear children, let us love with words, or uh, let us love not only with words and speech, but with actions and truth. So the theme of loving or action of giving influence out of love also is continuing in 1 John 3 verse 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the great love chapter, says, verse 3, If I give all I possess to the poor, and give over my body to hardship, that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. So, giving, therefore, is not just a transactional, passive interaction of the giver and those who is given. It is also the heart of the giver. It must be driven by love so that we can be able to gain something. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 3 says, I gain nothing. By implication, there is another condition where you gain something and you gain something because you are driven by love. We are generous as the collective church because we believe that generosity is the work of God in us. It's a work of grace in us. And we're going to read Second uh, Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1 to 8. It's a story about a particular church in Macedonia that is uh, not very, very rich. In fact, it is a very poor church. Uh, they are part of the ministry uh, at the time when Paul and uh, the other disciples were establishing churches throughout the world. They had started with the church in Jerusalem and they hear that there is a need to actually support the church in Jerusalem because there was a specific need. So that is the context. Now here... Let's read together. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of very severe trial, their overflowing joy, their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They were cheerful. They urgently pleased, uh, pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in the service of the Lord's people. They exceeded our expectation. They gave themselves uh, uh, first to the Lord, then, by the will of God, also to us. 
So we urge Titus, just as he had done, he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also uh, to completion this act of grace on you on your part. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we are, uh, that, uh, that we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. I am not commanding you, but want to trust the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. So there are two churches here, just to, to be brief. It is this church, the Corinthian church. As you know, there was the first Corinthian a book of the first Corinthians. Now this is the book of the second Corinthians. In the book of first Corinthians, they were starting. It was not the perfect church. It is not the church that is described in, in, in verse 7 that is good in faith, in peace, in knowledge, in, in complete earnestness. It is a church that is chaotic where there are things that are happening in the church that you would not even imagine is happening in the, in the world. So the apostles have done the work. They have preached. They have built this church. And now it is a church that is good in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness. But there is this part that they still need to grow in, and that is the area of growing or excelling in grace of giving. And Paul then uses an example of another church, the Macedonian church. These people are poor, they are very poor, they are, however, eager to be in the work of the Lord. They are collecting resources. They are giving it for the benefit of the, the lost people in, in Jerusalem. He says these people gave even though they were poor. They gave as they were able. They gave even more than it was expected. And so as a collective church, like we have learned from the example and the testimony of both the Corinthians and the Macedonian churches, we need to give and give uh, earnestly like the Macedonian church. Next, we are generous because we give more than we are asked to give. Another testimony, now in the Old, and Test uh, Old Testament, Exodus 36 verse 1 to 7. Again, here is giving more, not just money, but also skills and knowledge and so on. Let's read this and I will explain the context much later. So Bazalil, Oholiab, and every skilled person whom the Lord has given skill and ability to know how to carry out all of the construction in the, in the sanctuary, they are to do the work of the Lord as the Lord has commanded. Now Moses summoned Bazalil and Oholiab and every skilled person whom the Lord had given ability and who was willing, willing, underline the willing, to come and do the work. They received from Moses all the offering 
the Israelite had brought to carry out in the, in the work of constructing the sanctuary. And the people continued to bring their free will offerings morning after morning. So all the skilled workers who were doing all the construction work on the sanctuary, they left what they were doing and said to Moses, the people are bringing more than enough for doing the work the Lord had commanded to be done. Then Moses gave an order and they sent a word through to the camp. No man or woman is to take anything else uh, as offering to the sanctuary anymore. And so the people were, were restrained from bringing more because what they already had was more than enough to do the work. Would it not be a good thing that as the collective church, we bring more than enough for the building of the kingdom of God here in our church? You see, God had given wisdom to Bazalil and Oholiab. These people were skilled. These people had knowledge. They gave that which they could give in terms of their skills and knowledge. But the people had to give based on the material that they had. In the collective church, God has given vision. God has given leadership. God has given us leaders who are telling us the way we should go. The work needs to continue when all of us give so that the work should, should, be, should be done and that we should be able to do exceedingly more than what is required. We are generous because we give out of substance, whether large or small. And the Lord who sees us giving will be able to reward us. In the book of Luke chapter 21, verse 1 to 4, we read another story. This is a story of Jesus who sees a, a, both the rich and a poor widow. It reads, and Jesus looked up. He saw the rich putting their gifts in the temple treasury. He saw a poor widow, a widow put in two very small copper coins. Truly I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. So she gave, like more than all others, more out of faith. Because after she had given those two copper coins, she had no any other income to live on. And that is a very important principle that we give out of love, but we also give out of faith. Out of believing that after I have given, it's not just a passive mechanical giving. It is a giving that will be followed by abundance, by wealth, by even more overflow, because, why? Because the Lord saw the givers. He saw both the rich and 
the poor woman. The God who sees you and your efforts and your giving and your giving out of faith will be able to reward you. We are generous because we give more than just money. In the book of Luke chapter 10 verse 25 to 37, we have another story about giving. This one is where there is a teacher of the law who asks the Lord, who is my neighbor? And the Lord gives him the story of the Good Samaritan as an example. On one occasion, an expert of the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will leave. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was uh, attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to, uh, to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came uh, to the place and saw him, passed on and went, uh, to, uh, and, and went to him, and, uh, sorry, uh, and, and, and on the other side. 33, but the Samaritan, a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where, he had, where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him, bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. When he, put, when he put the man on his donkey, then he put the man on his donkey, brought him to an inn, took care of him. And the next day, they took two denarials and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you have made. Which of these, which of the three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell in the hands of robbers? The expert of the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And so as the collective church we will be able to give more than just the money. The Samaritan gave the money. The Samaritan committed to bring more money, but he cared by tending to the wounds, by providing transport, and sending this man to an inn and paying. It was the first biblical medical aid scheme. <laughs> so that is what the Samaritan had said, had done. So as the collective church, we should be able to see the needs of others, provide more than the money we give, and give our talents, 
our knowledge, our places of privilege for the purpose of meeting the needs of others. We are generous as a collective church because we give even if it does not make sense. Again, another story of giving. This is the story in Genesis 45, verse 5 to 7. I'm just going to go through this. I won't read the whole uh, scripture. This is the story of Joseph and his brothers. His brothers sold him to Egypt 25 years ago. He stays in Egypt. He is now the prime minister as a, uh, ordained or uh, by, 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 by the leadership there, by Pharaoh. His brothers are coming back, are coming to Egypt to meet him. They have lived a lie with their father. They lied about Joseph. They told, about, they told him about how he died. And for 25 years, the secret is, is destroying this family. They are with their father, but they are not enjoying their stay there uh, because their consciences then do not allow them to live a peaceful life. Um, the story comes where they meet with, jo with Joseph in Egypt. And what, when they get there, they meet Joseph. And what does Joseph do? Joseph starts by forgiving his brothers. Joseph gives them clothes. Joseph hugs them, kisses them, cries with them, is reconciled with them. And Joseph gives them money. Joseph gives them different kinds, sets of clothes, different sets of suits. Joseph send them back to go and fetch their father and he gives them food for the journey and gives them food for them to eat when they are still coming back to Egypt. Joseph gave to those that sold him, that lied about him and his father. And thou art vulnerable Generosity comes with grace. Generosity heals relationships. Generosity is, is driven by love. Generosity is given by abundance so that you share with those who are privileged. Generosity makes Joseph to be a cheerful giver, not a vengeful giver, not a reluctant giver but a giver nevertheless driven by the love for his brothers. We are generous because we live, we, we give to those who are different from us. In the book of Luke chapter 7, verse uh, 1 to 10, Jesus had uh, been uh, talking to the people, has been healing them, because the religious establishment of the priests, who were supposed to be priests, yes, but also heal the people, were not doing their work. Jesus Christ heals them, and after healing them, challenges his disciples to say, where are we going to get food for these people? 
and uh, um, the the disciples then uh, I mean uh, then says, God, there is no food. There is just these two. Uh, there's just these two um, fishes and two uh, I mean uh, and and so few loaves. And out of the abundance of them hearing for, from Jesus, they were able to feed the masses. Why? Because they heard from the Lord. It is important that as we give, as we do our work of giving, that we are hearing from Jesus so that we can be able to meet the abundance, I mean, out of abundance, the needs of the many people that deserve that. Going for lending. There's a story that our pastor read about the beginning of a man called Zacchaeus. In the book of Luke 19 verse 4 to 9, in this book, Jesus reached the spot. He looked at Zacchaeus and said to him, Zacchaeus was on the tree, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay in your house today. So he came down and once, at once and he welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter. He said, uh, he, has, he has gone to, the, to, the, to be the guest of the sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord. Here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay uh, back your times, uh, I mean four times uh, the amount. Jesus said to him, today, because you are having this cheerful, this uh, uh, repentant heart, you want to give today. Salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the, for the son of man came to see and save the lost. He gave because he had met and came to know Jesus who saves the lost, who brings salvation. So generosity as Christians comes out of our salvation. And so as we work our salvation with fear and trembling, we will be able to give and be this cheerful and generous people as the collective church. Lastly, we are generous and give when others want. The book of Philippians chapter 4 verse 15, verse 16, 15 to 16 it reads, moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the manner of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than when I was in need. So, as the collective church, our generosity should be able to meet the need where it is most felt. The Holy Spirit will guide, 
the consistency of our giving, the sustainability of our giving, he will give to us so that we're able to, 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 to give more and to be, out, uh, uh, to be generous. May the Lord hear and use his word planted in our hearts as the collective church so that his word will transform us like it did to the church in Corinth, like it did to Joseph, like the word did to Zacchaeus, that we grow as we fearfully work out our salvation. We grow together to give for the purpose of the church work continuing, for the purpose of us impacting the society that we live in, for the purpose of the good causes that the Lord will give and, and provide us as tasks, as things that we need to do as, as he leads us through this spirit. And uh, shall we pray? Father, in Jesus' name, we praise you and thank you. You are a gracious God who is a giver. You gave the Lord Jesus so that we may have everlasting life. May it be, Lord, that you will turn through your words, through your word, Lord, uh, in our hearts, our minds, our beings, to be able to be cheerful givers. Givers who love, givers who forgive, givers who, 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 who give out of grace, Give us, Lord, who are co-workers with you so that you work with, uh, within us both to will and to do according to your purpose of us being cheerful, generous givers. We pray, Lord, dear Father, that you may minister to us in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey everyone, we have now come to the end of our message and we would love to hear from you. So there's a few ways that you can contact us. You can either drop a comment in the chat below or you can visit our website which is www.collective.org.za and you can contact us from there. We just want to thank you for joining us again today and our messages come out weekly so we'll see you again next week.